0: Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it.
1: Every year I release a Word of the Year. I've been doing it for years. I wonder how long. Long time. And that song that they just sang came from part of our Word of the Year. And... The Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about the word of the year for 2024. And those of you who pray with me about it, I just ask you to begin to pray over it with me. And um, I feel like that there's a lot of things on the Father's heart that will happen in this next year and and I you know one of the things that um, is really important for us to remember is that um, God is speaking and he one of the one of the things that helped me grow and mature the most was that I begin to focus on what his voice was for my life. And one of the hardest things um, for us to do is to cut out all the extra voices because they're, they're actually, it, it, it's weird, I know, but they actually fill up a soulish part of us. But once you attach to the vision of God and the mandate for your life, the road gets super narrow and the voices get super narrow because at the end of the day, God is speaking and you're somebody he wants to speak to and through. Yeah. And, you know, there's something about us that we just like a buffet. We just do, you know, we just like a buffet of a lot of different things. And and what happens is that it pulls our soul in a bunch of different directions, and it's really hard to grow, um, and I was, you know, I was addicted to all the voices, and um, I loved it. We we used to go, Pam and I and our friend, we used to go all over the world, you know, wanting to hear the voice, and I realized he was the voice, <laughs> so and it's really hard if you're I don't know who I'm talking to today, but if you're addicted to those many, many voices that your soul is going to have a reaction, but I invite you into what I'm going to talk about today is an invitation to a lifestyle of encounters. I live in a constant um, encountering of God, and I didn't used to, yeah. so... It is It is, just an invitation. God is forever um, sharing His heart with mankind. I want to talk to you today about... Um, I want to talk to you about some people in the Bible that had encounters, maybe a couple of people in here. And I want to tell you, I know my step people like this. So I have seven steps that... Um. Prove the effects that you've been in an encounter, but I first wanted to talk about some people in the Bible that had some encounters um and there's lots. you know one of the things you have to remember about the the basic definition of an encounter is that you run into it. You just run into something right. And one of the things you have to remember, I said this in prayer, we're in a fast right now. We pray every day at 6.15 and at noon. If you haven't joined us for any of those, let me know, and I'll be happy to make you a part of that. But some amazing things have been happening in this season of prayer and fasting, right? Yes. And um, one of the things that is happening is that I'm sensing that you know where we were before we encountered god just like every character in the bible that has ever encountered god we were just doing something else yeah. and when we encountered god it changed us it changed our direction let's let's just talk about a few before we go over these um You know, Moses is one of, the the story of the children of Israel is one of my favorite, and I preach on it a lot, stories. There's all kinds of aspects that I don't know if we'll ever exhaust the ability to understand it all, but it's a great um, story. Now, when Moses was born, you know, he was born an Israelite, and what was going on in his day was they were murdering all the Jewish kids, basically. And his mom hid him and then sent him in a boat. That's interesting because, see, she was more aware of the call of God on his life. Like he didn't even, he was a baby. He had no way to know. And so, you know, the story that the um, Pharaoh's daughter, Um, took him and raised him as his own. But when Moses has her own, when Moses had an encounter with God, it's because he was a murderer. And he went to hide on the backside of the desert in the wilderness. Remember, Cece talked about the wilderness the other day. And that's where he encountered God. And listen, this is the way he encountered God. He was just hanging out with the tumbleweeds. And it said, an angel appeared and the tumbleweed caught on fire. Remember I told you, it's not unusual for the tumbleweed tumbleweed to be, la, 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 to be on fire in the wilderness. Is it? Right. It was because the tumbleweed wasn't consumed. And in that moment, it says in Exodus 3, you can read the whole story. It says, a special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. And Moses looked again at the bush as it blazed, but to his amazement, the bush did not burn up in flames. And do you remember the, the next few lines, he starts to tell Moses what this God encounter is about. What was the God encounter about? It was about his assignment. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this God encounter because Moses said, Who shall I say sent me? And he said, Elohim, I am. That whole verse is filled with Jehovah and Elohim. I mean, that whole chapter. That was his name. He was introducing Moses in an encounter to who he was in name form. That's relational. And so it was this relational encounter that Moses had that then... Sent him off to do his destiny. Now there's a fun there's a bunch of fun stuff in that story. You can read it later. But every time that I see that God encounters people, he changes what they were doing. What was Moses doing? He was just being he was hanging out with his family. They were just eating stuff, <laughs> hanging out in the desert just doing family stuff and he said that place that you're known as a murderer you're going back there see it's not oftentimes we go back to our past but sometimes people are called back to something in their past not every time but that's what God encounters do because he just met Elohim he just met the great I am He just met the guy that can make the bush burn and it not be consumed. It was impactful. And remember what Moses said, what God told Moses to do. I mean, he said, "Take your shoes off." Yeah. What was, what do shoes represent? A vocation. He had to take off what he was currently doing. You see, that's what God does. He comes and encounters us because we're doing something that's not the assignment. So to think is it is it was an invitation to a different lifestyle. I love that. Don't you love that about God? So another one I want to talk about was David. Now David um I don't know if you know this but when whenever Saul was king then Samuel went and anointed David to be king. But remember He had lots of brothers, and all the brothers came and met with Samuel. And basically, everybody had so discounted David. He was so discounted, they didn't even think of mentioning him. (laughs) Right? And when God said, nope, 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 he was like, do you have anybody else? Well, not really. We just have this... The guy out with the sheep. Yeah. He's not really part. He was discounted. Ever felt discounted? Yes. That's where God met him. I love this verse. It says, Jesse, his dad, he sent for his youngest son. And he came in front of Samuel. And he was a handsome boy with a healthy complex and bright eyes. And the eternal one said, rise and anoint him, because this is the one. And Samuel took a horn filled with olive oil and anointed him in the presence of the discounters. In the presence of his brothers. But it says the spirit of the eternal. That word spirit is ruach. The spirit, the breath of God, the third person in the Trinity fell strongly on David and remained in David from that day forward. That was an encounter. When the breath of God fell on him, trust me, everybody in the room knew it. And and the interesting part about David was he didn't... He was a teenager when the Spirit of God fell on him. There are all kinds of exploits he did as a shepherd. He killed a bear and a lion. He just, whatever needed to happen, because why? The Spirit fell on him. Remember when he, when he faced Goliath? Everybody else was scared. And remember when he went, Saul said, Stick all of my Saul stuff on you. Listen, when you encounter God, there's going to be a Saul. There's going to be somebody that's going to want to stick the stuff that was successful for them on you. But see, in that God encounter, David learned God was enough. When you have these encounters, this... This was an invitation to a lifestyle with God. These encounters are abundant. You know, think about Gideon in Judges. Gideon was hiding. Are you hiding today? It doesn't matter to God. Yeah. It was time. It was Gideon's time. What was Gideon? Gideon, Gideon in God's eyes, was a mighty warrior, but they were at war and Gideon was hiding. That's why he fleeced God to death. He fleeced God here, he fleeced God there. Fleece, fleece, fleece. What does a fleece mean? He he made God prove over and over and over that it was really God. Because the first thing he said in this God encounter, Gideon, my mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like... (laughs) I know you can't be talking about me because I am scared mm -hmm, right now. (laughs) In fact, I'm so scared we don't even have any bread to eat. So I'm going to go over to the wine press where they wouldn't even be looking. It said that they were all hungry. And I'm going to thresh some wheat so we can have something to eat in the wine press. That's not what you did in the wine press. That'd be like trying to make dinner in with the toilet. That's not what you did there. But that's the place that the mighty man came alive. I don't know where you're threshing your wheat today. But this invitation from God doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter... What war you're in, it doesn't matter how disappointed you've been. It doesn't matter how many disappointments you have gone to and been through. Today, he's saying, I'm trying to encounter you because I'm trying to create a lifestyle in your life to where you can do what your assignment is so you can do your destiny. Now, you fast forward to Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, I love her response. You can find it in Luke. She said, may it be done to me according to what you said. See, that God encounter came to a teenager. Remember her cousin's husband, Zechariah. God came to them and said, I'm going to give you this son. Who was their son? John the Baptist. And the dad was like so skeptical that he had to mute him because his tongue was a wagger. (laughs) He had to to mute the tongue of a priest because his words didn't line up with what God said. But yet Mary said, be it done to me according to your word. That's a God encounter. See, when I hear God do I say, I don't want to do that. I have literally released prophetic words to people and they have become offended at me because they didn't like what the word said. See, that's what we do now with prophetic words. Wow. We act like we get an opinion we get an opinion over a God encounter. We say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to change everything. I don't know if I want my lifestyle to change. Then trust me, you don't want an encounter. Come on. Come on, and see, as I travel along, everything keeps changing. Forty years ago, when God called me to this, I didn't think I was going to be living with eight people. <laughs> I didn't know that the sound that he has burned, seared in my heart. I don't know why I can hear it. I never, I never laid before him and said, I need to hear the sound that you want to release on the earth. That is your heart crying out from the Father. No one told me that. I encountered it. I encountered it and encountered it and encountered it. And I said, Oh my gosh, the world can't hear the Father speaking. We have to develop something that allows the world to hear what a good, good Father He is. Not just in a term that says, Good, good Father, but that says, I'm calling, I'm pulling that has an anointing of unity that when you just walk in the room and you just hear the words, something comes over you and you don't even know what it is and you've been in good worship services. I had been in good worship services. I have been to worship services all over the world. I've been in worship services in the World Prayer Center. That was a world prayer center where they worship 24. I've been to Kansas City to the 24. I've been to... Florida, I've been to Michigan, I've been all over, but when I walk into the room, I know whether he's there. I know whether it's just something for me or if it's something he's pushing out into the world. It's the difference between having a little and standing in front of a geyser. And see, God brought people from Greece and Nebraska, and Norman, and more to intersect. And he said, will you weave your pure heart together? Will you lay down all your idols so that people can encounter me? See, I don't know about you, but I don't want to not encounter him if I call it church. You know, the thing in Acts that burns within me is that there were no needs among them. That means of soul, of body, of spirit. See, the invitation of encounters is that it heals everything about you. Yeah, I don't know how many doors you've walked through of injury and hurt. It's common to all humanity, but every single door, he'll close. Every single wound, he'll heal. Every single disease, he'll empower you. And he'll take those diseases and those hurts, and he'll transform you to the fact that you become a transformer. That's the real transformers. And see, the beautiful part about an encounter is that it never ends unless I say no. Because it was an invitation. You can't come here. I'm just telling you. The one thing about it being one life is you cannot come here and not be changed. Because the hose is always on. Just when you think, well, I'll just sneak in the back door. Shoo, slide in the back not talking about y'all sitting on the back, but in our own hearts. He'll still find you. He'll say something or we'll sing something or we'll read some scripture or it'll be right where you're at. And you'll be like, well, there he is again. But see, what if I was willing? What if I didn't need it all to be proved out? What if I was just willing to lean in? Just come in and bring my whole heart. Just prostrate before him. Just say, I wasn't so old I'd lay on the floor right now. I would just lay before him and say, lay down for me so you can show him how. Lay down. I'm just bringing myself like that. I'm just bringing my heart because I need to encounter him. I need to have what she's talking about. I need to experience a change in my lifestyle i need to experience why i'm on the planet i don't want to miss it i don't want to live another day without it i don't want to live another day with my own plans being uh, advanced in my life i need him you see it's that cry of our hearts that mary was saying be it unto me According to what you say, I may not be good at it. I have been disappointed. I've been hurt in church. I've been hurt by people. I've been hurt. I've been hurt. I've been hurt. It's the song of the redeemed. Yeah. I've been hurt, but I've been restored. And when I encounter this king, it changes everything. It it has an effectual work on me. It does Things in me that I didn't anticipate it would do. I didn't come thinking it would mess everything up. Think of the reason why you even came. When Claudra came, I was like, you need to go someplace else. Faithful is what she is. Faithful. Faithful, faithful. She was on stage at Victory and she's in secret at One Life because why? He wanted the faithfulness of her heart displayed a different way. It changed her lifestyle. Or you could be Cece, double introvert. She's hiding out somewhere at a drug company, trying to transform the drug company. I can't, when I met her, I told her basically the year she would quit her job, and she hated me for it, I'm sure of it. <laughs> she made good money. Come quit this high-paying job to make nothing. I remember the first thing she ever wrote. It took her, I don't know how many days, just to tell me she had actually wrote something. And then I said, I think I'm going to read that in service. Would you like to read Oh, no, I'm not going to read it. No, 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 never. But see, when I began to read the words, I remember afterwards she said, I can't believe I wrote that. Why? Because she had had an encounter when writing it. And then she learned she has encounters when delivering it. (laughs) I remember where we were when when I heard her singing. She reminded me of my mom when she was real happy. She would just sing around the house. I don't even think she knew she was singing. And I got this ears, you know. And I said, I think you have perfect pitch. And she said, what is that? Because... If there was anybody further away from music than her, I don't know of them. She knows nothing. She knows nothing about notes and scales and timing. Nothing. It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. It's fun to figure out what she's feeling. Bro, so He is like the master interpreter of what? Is it that she's feeling? He's learning all this language to help her because why? She was unconfident. The encounter sent her on a trajectory of something that she had no confidence in. She's super confident in her intellect, she's extremely intelligent. Her logic, high IQ, but her childlikeness needs no IQ. It just needs to yield. If I've done one thing for her, I've taught her to yield. I don't care how smart you are. When the master comes, it says it's your time. You're 39. You're not 39 anymore. She's way older than that now. You're 39. You're 39, and you can't work there anymore. She told people in her family, just like a lot of other people who have had God encounters, run to the family to say, guess what? I've had a God encounter. And they said, look out for number one. No, you don't understand. Let me explain it another way. I've had a God encounter. Well, make sure you look out for number one. That's all they had. Because why? They hadn't had a God encounter. You can tell. There's some of you in this room that are in, a, in families, and you've had a God encounter. You're trying to explain to them, I've had a God encounter. Everything is messed up now. Everything I was doing, and I was good. I mean, she was a Christian. She was going to church. She was good. The very first song, what was the very first song you wrote? Wasn't it Dreamer? Was it Dreamer? They don't peace like a river. Her couple first songs, peace like a river and Dreamer. Think about them. I don't even think she had peace like a river when she wrote that. But she had tasted it. She had tasted peace, and she realized there was there was a river. There's a river that, what, never runs dry. And see, 70 songs later, in in a couple years, do the math. That's a lot of songs. God is still a river. Now, she's the one that wrote that, eye has not seen, ear has not heard of the coming glory Is coming to earth. Because why? The next line, I can see it. She went from just wanting peace, didn't really want her whole life to be messed up. Who wants to leave a $100,000 a year job? Nobody to make nothing? But see, you're the beneficiary of her saying, be it unto me. I don't even know what that looks like. But I know I've had a God encounter. I know it's messed up everything in my life. I know my trajectory has changed. I know it's affected everything. I wrote these seven things, seven effects of a God encounter. Number one, it repositions you to the right road, your God-designed road. You should be going, yay! Think about it, because you were on the wrong road. Listen, I've known him all my life. I've had all kinds of encounters. But when I got on my destiny's path, I knew it. We don't want to be 90 and say, well, I just never did figure out what it was. Do you? I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't. My... My whole life is leaning toward teaching people that this is your time. This is your time. There's an assignment for you. You haven't missed it. It's not too late. You're not too old. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You're not too anything because God is breathing out encounters and he's assigning you your destiny where you can see it, touch it, feel it, do it, be trained in it. You know, my dad was a prophet. He was born in 1931. And when I was a child, up until I was probably 20, he would stand and prophesy in church. And he would prophesy hellfire and brimstone. I don't know if anybody knows what that even is anymore. We don't, we don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> Sidwell knows. <laughs> And I remember he went to Crossroads Cathedral. You know what that is? Does anybody know what that is? There were probably 10,000 people that went there at the time. This is many, many years ago. And he got up to do what he had done at every other church he had been to. And somebody came to him in the middle of him doing it and said, you need to sit down. My dad never prophesied again a day in his life. That was when I was 20 something. See, there was no one training prophets to be prophets. Yeah. I mean, in, in that day, Dan Schaefer, they would have said that was an awesome church, but it was full of the religious spirit. Yeah. I know, I went there. And when, when the encounters with God come now, it's because there's actually equippers. All of the five, I don't have time to preach about it today, but all the 5 ministries have been restored on the earth. That means equippers are out there. You don't even have to volunteer to be an equipper. How many know they're an equipper? That means you have to know how to equip. It's not even enough to know it. You might be smart at something. Good at something. The second thing he told me was it brings healing to your inner man. You remember what he said to the Pharisees? Your are whitewashed walls. What did he mean by that? Jesus was saying that you're so busy looking perfect on the outside. But have you spent much time interiorly? That's all he looks at. When he chose David, it's because he said, God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outside. What was David's heart? Humble. You know, when, I mean, David sinned big time. But you know, he never laid down being a king, even when he sinned. See, that's true repentance. I have that on my little list here. What number is that? Let's jump there, I said whoa. Number. Number five God encounters create a lifestyle of repentance, ability to live, filled with grace, no downtime between sin and restoration. See, listen, there's a whole movement right now. that everybody's trying to find out who sinned and they want them to sit down from everything. Sit down, sit down. Everybody sit down. Everybody sit down. Romans says we've all sinned. That's yeah. all that's what we're, we're going to I'm telling you the effects of that's going to be everybody's going to be sitting down. Everybody's going to be scared to death. It's the political spirit if you have to know. But see, David showed us I mean, he murdered a man for his woman. Yeah. 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 But he stayed being king because why? That was his assignment. Are you able to stay in your assignment even when you mess up? Because you're going to. Yes. We want everybody to sit down when they mess up. We hate it. We act like that everybody should be perfect. Perfect. And they're not going to be, I'm not going to be, you're not going to be. It doesn't change your assignment just because you're not good at it. And see, we need to be about restoration. Listen, we, Dan Farley says that we're swimming in grace. Remember that little story he told about the little fish and the one fish says, man, don't you love this water? And he said, what water? doesn't even know it's water because we're in it so much. You have so much grace. You don't have to listen to anything I say today. He's probably not going strike to you, strike you dead when you walk out the door, even if you hate everything I'm saying, because there's grace. Yeah. You don't have to change anything in your life, what I'm saying, because there's grace. But if you want, it's just an invitation. There's a party going on up in here. (laughs) If you want to be at the party. (laughs) Because see, I'm not going to miss it. You know, Pam got a prophetic word from somebody at Kansas City IHOP, which they're they're having a little turmoil themselves right now today. That said, the cry of your heart is that you just don't want to miss the move of God. And the lady said to her, you're not going to miss it. So I said, I'm going to hang out with her. I'm going to hang out with Pam. Black Eyed Girl, I'm going to hang out with her. I'm hanging out with Pam. Why? I believed the promise. I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. Pam probably thought she was going to do what I'm doing now. but, But we hang on to the promise that whatever it looks like. So I wrote those words, nothing untouched nothing undone. No matter what I've seen, no matter what I've known, come and pour your spirit out on me. I have seen some stuff in the spirit, but no matter what, how good it was, the next thing he has is better. I refuse to live on yesterday's manna. I refuse to drink from an old wineskin. I refuse to not be touched by him. I refuse to live as if I'm a horrible person. Because I live a lifestyle of repentance. Yeah. Search me. Did you know your next God encounter might be something you do real bad? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to a couple of people in here. They had a God encounter this week. They did they ripped their britches. I said, You just had a God encounter. Yeah, so and they were like <laughs> <laughs> What happens in our mind when someone I said, he just showed you your heart because he's the answer. If you weren't ready to hear that, you got to go another day. But see, search my heart and know me. See if there's anything in me. Is there anything in me that's displeasing to you? What number are we on? Three? Number three, changes your family's legacy. It will impact everybody around you. Listen, here's the heart of God. When you encounter God, you know Bill Johnson tells that story about the hunting dog. Where they go on point. You know what a hunting dog does when they smell? <laughs> Anybody ever been hunting? I've been hunting. Can you see me? Four, ten, shotgun. Poof. I know some of y'all are nervous. I like Bill. He says, we just took pictures of everything we saw. When a hunting dog gets that smell, they do that thing. Yeah. Cece's dog, she's she has to have some pointer in her because every time she was outside, she's like yeah. And then my dog's like, What are we looking at? <laughs> Oreo's out in the middle of the Pam's dog out way, way out in the middle of the yard the other day, and they're all on point. I'm like, It's your friend Oreo, like you live with her. <laughs> See, that's what happens. God's heart is you encounter him and everyone around you turns to see. But not us. We're like, I don't I don't know. Are we gonna change something around here? I mean, I don't like any of these changes that you've proposed. But you don't understand I had a God encounter. I'm ruined. I'm ruined. No God encounters happen simultaneously to everyone. It's progressive. That would be so great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be much better? If I was God, I would have done it that way. Let's just all feel the same thing at the same time. We all know. That just sounds so much better, doesn't it? But no. See, the greatest thing you can do is if you haven't had the God encounter yet, or if your little God encounter is just you feel like it's that tall, champion other God encounters. It softens and softens because really God encounters are about God. <laughs> but, you know, just like Zachariah, you can poo-poo. I've heard people in this room judge other people for having a God encounter. We were at prayer the other day, and Lenny was sitting across the room from me, and she was having one of those God encounters where she shakes violently. Her, Remember when her and Shudy did it every single service for like a year? I've never had that happen to me like that. But I go on point. Like, oh, God, you're in the room. 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 I was just saying, but blow my nose. But you're in the room. You're in the room. You're in the room. You're in the room. It doesn't take a lot to realize something's happening in the room. I might just be five feet away, but I want it to happen to me. However he wants it to happen to me. It changes your family's legacy, because then you're known as that person. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I told him he can wake me up any anytime of the night he wants to, and he does. And I have to wash my tongue the next day to not gripe. And I didn't get any sleep. All you people who love sleep. Because why? It changes the legacy of my life. Then you're known as that weird person that had God encounters. I met a guy at the World Prayer Center, and he literally said to me, your weirdness sustains me. I didn't feel weird. Like if I plucked y'all out of here and stuck y'all over into a religious community, they would say that you are weird. Some people in your family say you are weird. Why? I've had a God encounter. You can't turn it off. And guess what? It will go with you until you yield. You can run. You can hide. You can shuck some weed in the wine press. But it keeps coming. Because it says he's jealous for your heart. He's not mad at you today. He's endearing and He's loving and He's inviting. He's saying, come, I'm sorry they disappointed you. I'm sorry they weren't what they said. I'm sorry they said those words. I will love you forever. I'm sorry. But I'm inviting you into the rest of your life with me. Quickly, number four, restructures your heart. Moves you from entitlement consumer into giver releaser. Listen, every single person that comes into the kingdom lived entitled, yeah. at different levels. Yeah. Yeah. And entitled people judge other entitled people. It's the most fun, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Think about it. I'm consuming, 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 and I don't even know it. But you know it when you've had a God encounter, because then you got to give. Give, 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 give. i got to release. I, I've tasted. I've tasted. Come here. Come here. Let me pray for you. I mean, you're just looking for anybody. You don't even care if they receive it. I love Breezy. Wherever she goes, she's wanting to pray for somebody and half halftime. They're like, no. She's like, okay. On to the next person. It's like pinball. I don't care because I can't help it. I was going to tell a story, but let's keep moving. Number I just said number five I'll go. It creates a lifestyle of repentance, ability to live filled with grace, no downtime between sin and restoration. You know, I was talking to somebody this week, those britches rippers, and I said, you call me when you're done repenting and you feel forgiven because I still am expecting you to do your assignment. It's harder than you think. Who would, who would have dreamed the hardest thing we would do is to live with the audacity like we've never sinned? Who would have dreamed that would have been hard? We're wanting everybody. I mean, really, whenever you feel free, you got people telling you, stop being free. Let me remind you of who you used to be. Don't you hate that? Yeah, I all I, I. just want to admit, yeah, I was. I did absolutely everything you're saying was absolutely me because I had not had a God encounter. They don't even care. Mm -hmm. Number six, it creates a hunger. You know if you're hungry. You say words like, I got to go that place. Somebody's like, oh, but don't you want to do? Well, I do, but I got to have that it creates this hunger. Listen, the best thing you can do for your hunger hunger is find a lane. Yeah. Man this, you know, I said it already, but this searching all over, like the, I said it in a prophetic word that there are voices all over the world and they a lot are of him. Come on. But God's called us to do something. Yeah. Right. You know, you're in, when you're investing in busting out the wall, you're investing in that we know we have babies coming. I met with the RC leaders yesterday. I said, babies are being birthed in our midst. Yes. <laughs> We've got to make room to train the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've got to make room because why people are hungry. I want this room to be filled every day with homeschool people. Yes. And I want Breezy to be in charge of it. Don't tell her though. I want y'all to come and teach a class on spiritual intercession or come teach a class on how to put leaves in the ground. I don't know. I, I want us to be a part, so you better get trained. You want me to trust you. Listen, it creates a hunger for your destiny and a desire to reach nations and people. Nations are people. Have you gotten there yet? Where you realize work is just a smorgasbord of lost people? Have you gotten there yet? No? They're going to mess up. They're going to make you mad. How much mad do you have to go along with your love? I mean, it's really about our expectations. I was talking to somebody yesterday about our expectations. How many know you get those expectations and they're so weird? Like somebody, you're going to go to work with a bunch of heathens, and they're going to be nice. (laughs) Stop. That's not even real. It's not a real thing. They don't care about you. Entitled consumers. Entitled consumers. Not releasers and givers. Entitled consumers. So whatever you have, they're going to get it. You got peace, I'm getting it. I'm going to get it. Have you ever, like, they make you mad, and then you're mad, and they all look all happy? Because they were successful. They took your peace. Listen, that's a huge indicator for me. Is, do I Did I drop my peace off somewhere? Yeah. And so when you have this desire for your destiny, it changes from I don't know how to do it to where can I go to learn how to do it? Listen, it's not just here, but there are places that God has raised up to equip. We are one of them. And I'm equipping people. Who's been equipped by what you've learned here, that you're completely doing something different than you used to do? There's equipping going on. If you're doing anything different, you're, you've been equipped differently. Because when you came here, you would just... I mean, people want to come here and tell me how I need to change everything so they can be comfortable in here. And I'm like, well, I, I, can't, I don't even know how to do that. I'm teaching you to yield. Yield the thing that you, that you brought. That's why Paul said, I die daily. occasionally. <laughs> I die. Daily. I die. Daily. See, all my core people know it's a daily thing. There's never going to be a day you wake up and say, I think I'll coast today. Wow. You know, those days after you get a compliment and you think I can coast today. <laughs> Last one creates a lifestyle of pursuit of his presence to permeate every area of your life. Listen, at the end of the day, when you make room from this God encounter, He wants to be involved in everything. I mean, think about it for a minute. If I was God, I would hate to be a side dish. I would hate to just be called on when I'm in trouble. He still answers. That's how good He is. If you only call on him when you are freaked out, full-blown anxiety attack, hadn't thought about him for months, he'll still answer. But the ones that he rewards are the ones that follow. And I don't know about you, but I just feel like God is pouring out an abundance of ability to encounter him as I follow. And I don't want to turn my heart off to it. Come on, Cece.
0: Are there any words? Oh, it's just so good. So good. Encounters with him is probably my favorite thing in the whole world. It's It solves everything, right? It doesn't matter what you have going on. I mean, everything gets better when you encounter him. Um, I had to look it up since Tisa asked what the first song was that uh, we wrote because I didn't remember exactly and it turns out there were like five or six more before peace like a river but i thought this was interesting the very first one that we wrote as a songwriting community was called weave weave remember that one that was a long time ago it was back in 2018 some of these original words um, came from some t- a time an encounter i had with him but i just want to read you a couple of them because it goes perfectly with her message today it says weave your divinity into every part of me Make it my reality, the way you see me. Reveal your glory. Make it my story. Weave your reality into every way I see. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. Breathe, God. Breathe, God, on me. You're breathing. You're weaving. You're breathing. You're weaving divinity into me. That's what an encounter will do for you. That is what he does anytime you encounter him. And I wanted to to close out today by reading something that I wrote from a a recent encounter that was really a description of what I was experiencing in the moment. It's just another invitation into encounter with him. And uh, this was from, I woke up in the middle of the night, I think like three o'clock in the morning, and I was feeling really um, troubled by something. I don't even remember what it is now because I had an encounter with him eventually that that'll preach right there, right? <laughs> the encounters last, the trouble and the, those difficult moments, they fade away, they fade away. But like Tisa said, sometimes the God encounter starts with something that we'd call a problem or we call, you know, something's off. That's often how they start. So all, a lot of times that's what happens for me. I just start writing in that moment and that's I enter in with him. But this time was a little bit different. And I was really troubled by something. And I don't even remember how it came about. But I saw something popped up on my phone, I think, about a song that had just come out. And I, I, I had just heard that phrase. Um, that I win wars with wonder. The Holy Spirit said I win wars with wonder. And so I was like, right, right, right. You're telling us that it doesn't matter what's going on if we just gaze at you and, and all I'm in awe of you and all that happens with the wonder. So I started focusing on that. I thought I'll listen to this song for a second. And there was just like a few little notes, this little bitty, simple song, and it wrecked me. Like there was just something on those few little notes. It was the Holy Spirit was on those few little notes. And I just played it on repeat. And there were some simple words that just said beauty, just said beauty. And I entered into this encounter by just focusing on that feeling and the his beauty. And I want to, I saw these, all these pictures and I wrote this from that perspective. And this is, this is what, um, I was experiencing and how I would describe it. I struggled for a long time to find the words. I was really pressing in to try to capture this incredible encounter. But it speaks to what Tisa talked about today, that any encounter with him does something along these lines. I said, just as the violin stretches its sound out to the refrain of every emotion, your beauty, Jesus, reaches out, inviting me to an unraveling, golden ribbons of glory rich with majesty extend from your beauty they reach out for me inviting me like a divine hand welcoming me entreating me to come to come discover that i am not a tightly wound mystery but a deeply beautiful creation adored by divinity This world so distorts my nature, tightly twisting and wrapping around me what I'm meant to display. What is meant to flow from me, to be proclaimed from me, to shine out from me, to soar with a sound beyond me, is instead wrapped tightly around me, condensing me into something that cannot breathe. But your beauty, Jesus, reaches out to me, pulsing with color and majesty, flowing in graceful ribbons that somehow release the sound of many waters. Pure divinity, caught up in a current, a flow that must go, must reach, must touch the focus of its love. Rushing with unquenched passion, but flowing in a graceful dance, never relenting, in majesty, proclaiming an exalted name, but bowing to reach me all the same. Beauty that is only captured in pieces for display on this earth. Beauty that causes every natural wonder, from soaring snow capped mountains to sun kissed crystal blue seas, to seem like mere mosaics attempting to display greatness. No, this beauty. Radiates with every essence of divinity. This beauty embodies the fullness of your name, the name above all names, the one we dared not speak with unclean lips, the one that chose to be broken for our shame so that we'd be free to proclaim. The name we now say with growing reverence every day. Your beauty holds the secrets we've not yet seen. Secrets of divine identity, like morsels not yet melted in our mouth when we speak your name. Beauty, reaching out to me, flowing all around me, inviting me to receive. This beauty rewrites the epitaph of my identity, inviting me on a journey of unraveling Into destiny, untangling every knotted place and smoothing the lines of being constrained over time. As I travel these roads made for me by divine ribbons of beauty, I discover something similar unfurling in me. As if eager to catch the wind and glowing golden with sunrise color, streams of identity purpose, and peace now flow out from me. Somehow overlapping, seamless perhaps, I see a beauty that has me asking, is that you or me? And that's when you say, beloved, you were designed this way with colors eager to display, colors and wonders and sounds that shape the wind, never shallow, but deeply steeped in the richness of knowing, of seeing, of belonging to beauty. There's so much that happens when we just simply behold his beauty. It's the beautiful thing about God's plan is that we don't even have to know what we need or how to make it happen. We just come to him and we experience him and encounter And he does all the work for us. All we have to do is yield, is let go, give him open hands, get down on our knees and say, let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. Let it be unto me according to your words. Let it be unto me according to your heart. Let it be unto me according to all that you see that I have no concept of. Let it be unto me according to the vision you have for the legacy that comes after me and the future you have planned for this country, for this community. Let it be according to all that you know that I can't even possibly perceive. Weave. have your divinity into me. Unravel the things that have bound me. Unravel the things that keep me planted to something I'm not supposed to be attached to. Unravel the things that confuse me, that make me so tense and uptight and unable to breathe and feel hopeless and fearful. Unravel those things, and in the opening, weave your divinity into me, so that the next thing I know, I will see like you see. I will breathe like you you breathe. I will carry your scent. I will talk like you talk. I will touch like you touch. So we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the incredible gift you have given us for encountering divinity. Because of you, Jesus, we you paid the price. That's what it was all about, was so that we could come face to face with the Father. We could come face-to-face with you. We could encounter the Holy Spirit. We could have daily communion with your presence. The All three of the Godhead we could have a personal relationship with. We just thank you, and we will thank you for all the days of our lives and on into heaven, into eternity, because there's nothing like it. It's the greatest gift you could ever give us, is the privilege of encountering you. So, Papa, I pray that... Every person hearing the sound of my voice would have a brand new encounter. I just release your power for brand new encounters, even if they're not looking, even if they're not asking, even when it's unexpected. I just ask that you would make it happen, that you would encounter them in a brand new way. That could be our simplest prayer for those that we love those prodigals, those people who don't yet know. That's the simplest prayer we could pray is will that just encounter them, Papa. Encounter them, Jesus. Encounter them, Holy Spirit. Wherever they're at, we don't have to know how. It's going to happen. Simple encounter. encounter carries all the power. So we just thank you today, Papa. I pray that you would seal this message up and that you would, again, make it personal for people in whatever way is needed. You know what they need. Make it personal. And we just say that we're speaking from your heart today, Papa, because it's your desire to encounter them even more than it is our desire that they encounter you, even more than their own desire to encounter you. You are longing to reach out and encounter and touch humanity You are longing to have face-to-face encounters. You are longing to see us respond to just one word, one touch, one kiss, one, one promise, one dream, one anything. You have a longing within you to see us encounter your presence and to experience us in your presence. So we say, may the desires of your heart be met, Papa. May the desires of your heart be fulfilled. May your heart be known. May you receive your just reward, Jesus. Holy Spirit, may you celebrate in the homecoming and in the unification of the Godhead with mankind. So we thank you today. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the way you encountered us today. And we just say, we're still hungry. We want the more, we want the more, we want the more. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.